Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. This morning in this place, for the next uh, few moments, we want the Lord to just have his absolute will and way in our life. And so if we can just yield to him now, if we can just surrender to him now, then we know that the Lord can and begin that work even in this very beginning portion of our service. I'm thankful for his presence. We're, and uh, I want, uh, there's just something been in my heart that I can't seem to get away from. And uh, I want to just drop something, if I can, into your heart and into mine as well. For the sake of time, I'm not going to just be reading every little intricate scripture or trying to color in every single line here. I realize that perhaps, especially being an adult class, that you would know this story at least somewhat. And so I'm kind of relying on that today. The book of 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse number 20. I want to talk about... um, a lady today that fits into a very familiar story, although oftentimes we just kind of, as is our habit from time to time, we just kind of dwell on one or two aspects of a life or of a story. But I want to talk about one of David's wives. I want to talk about Saul's daughter today, Michael. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 18 and 20, and Michael... Saul's daughter loved David, and they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. And so if we, were, if we were to just read this, close our Bibles, and go home, call it a day, it would just seem like the picture-perfect scene. Because here is a young lady that loves a man that is her husband, and they told her father, his father-in-law, and this thing pleased him. If we could just crop that out of the scripture, it just seems like it all ends happily ever after. But if you know the story, you realize that there are there's many more tentacles that touch the fabric of this story. And uh, so this morning, for just a few moments of time, I want to talk about Michael, and I want to talk about uh, this jaded story between David and Saul. Of course, the person at the center of all this this morning is going to be this daughter, Michael. And I want to speak to you from this thought, torn between two worlds. And I truly feel that God is going to speak to somebody in this house today. I, I, I felt this during the week. I read over these scriptures several times. I read them when I got home last night. And uh, I, I told my wife, I said, I just can't seem to get settled on something for this first portion of our service, and this morning, a little before five, I I was just awakened, and again, this was in my heart, 
And so I just said, Lord, I'm going to take this to you in prayer. And I just, I know that you know who will be in this service. I don't know, but you know who is going to be in this service. So uh, today I'm not just trying to fill up a little time, not trying to take up a little space. But I believe God wants to speak something into our hearts here today. Amen. She uh, would become, of course, the wife of David, who was the enemy of Saul, sadly. Additionally, she would be ultimately nothing more than just a pawn in the hand of her own father. That seems almost unthinkable, but in the truest sense of the word, if we just brush back all the fodder, that's what we would find, that she was just really nothing more than a means to an end for her father, who was just really in the business of trying to settle scores. Saul was going to use Michael to just make yet another attempt on the life of David. Saul decided that if he sent David out, rather than the custom of a dowry uh, as a price for the wife, he said, I'm going to send David out to the Philistines, and I'm going to require of him, I'm going to ask of him 104 skins uh, of the enemy instead of a dowry. And he was counting on David going up against the Philistines and losing his life. That's what he was counting on. It, this wasn't about Michael. This wasn't about a son-in-law. This wasn't about family dinners. This was nothing more than a sinister way to position David in the face of the enemy. And he was counting on this battle to kill David. But that's not what happened at all. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 18, 27, 28, Wherefore David arose and went, he and his men, and slew the Philistines, 200 men, slew of them 200 men. And David brought their foreskins and gave them in full tale to the king, that he might be the, the king's son-in-law. And Saul gave him Michael, his daughter, to wife. And Saul, and Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David. Wouldn't you think that would be enough right there to put pause in your life? I realize this man is, has the hand of God upon his life. And, and he also knew that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. There were two things he was sure of, is that God loved David and Michael loved David. The favor of God was upon his life, and obviously and apparently the favor of a daughter was on his life. And so the daughter of the king was given to this young soldier for his, for his victory against the Philistines. However, Michael soon realized that, uh, that, that when she left her father, there was something about the leaving of her father. I mean, she knew that in, in, in time that, it, this was not, that her father was not going to have favorable feelings toward her husband as he once had pretended to have. He was not going to be able to shroud what was really there. And, and so here now she finds the, that her own life is torn between two significant worlds. Two significant worlds. It was the love she had in her heart for her own father, and yet the love that she had in her heart for her new husband, David. She was being torn, decision time. She's going to have to decide what she's going to do. It's not unusual at all. Uh, again, I, I realize the, the, the audience that I'm speaking to today, and so many of you have crossed the, this bridge. It's not unusual at all for uh, for new couples to, to soon encounter problems shortly after the honeymoon. <laughs> and so if if, uh, <laughs> if you didn't have problems shortly after the honeymoon, I'll promise you, you're in a very small minority, and you may need to check your pulse. Amen. <laughs> because in this world called marriage, 
in this world called marriage. The Bible says, and you know, we read this and it just flows off our tongue in this King James language and in this church setting that two shall become one. Doesn't that sound glorious? <laughs> two shall become one. And, and, and oftentimes I and other ministers use that passage of scripture when you are when you are up in, in the process of the ceremony and, and, and the candles are burning and, and uh, some of them anyway, most of the time they can't get all of them lit, but the candles are burning and, and the audience is there and everybody's waiting with bated breath and we talk about two becoming one. And I watch that glimmer in their eyes as they are so excited about this merger. Two becoming one. Two becoming one. We turn them around, face the audience, and now they are no longer two, but now they are one. And we announce that as such. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time I present to you Mr. and Mrs. Whoever. And they walk down the aisle to the playing of the song and the throwing of the rice or seed or whatever it may be. And, 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 and away they go. But how, how many know this is short-lived? The smile, the smile will be turned upside down. I say this with great deference to Josh and, uh, and to Summer this morning who are just weeks away from their wedding. <laughs> hang on, hang on. <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to spoil this at all. We're just keeping this real. We're just keeping this real because for people to merge, that means we're going to have to change. And change is a difficult thing. Change, change twists us, change in our mind, change in our habits, change in our lifestyle. And any time there are changes, there are problems on the horizon because it's going to take a little while. Iron's going to sharpen iron. As Brother Osborne says, when iron sharpens iron, when iron sharpens iron, the sparks, they do fly. <laughs> Amen. Marriage takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of adjustment. And it, and it seems to be that at least apparent to me that in this particular equation in Scripture that Michael wasn't quite as prepared for these adjustments as she thought she was. She thought she was ready for the challenges that would present themselves to her. But in all fairness, these were not typical challenges, so I don't want to even pretend that they would be relevant to today because first and foremost, the challenge she faced was the fact that her father decided, I need to kill your husband. Now, that's quite an announcement. That's quite, a, uh, that's quite something to adjust here in, in her life. And 1 Samuel 19 and 10, the scripture says, And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with a javelin. We know this is not the only instance of this. But he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. And Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning. And, and, and Michael, David's wife, told him, saying, If thou save not thy life tonight, tonight, tomorrow, Thou shalt be slain. So Michael let David down through a window, and he went and fled and escaped. And Michael took an image and laid it in the bed and put a pillow of coats here for his bolster or for his pillow and covered it with cloth. And when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, He is sick. Here is a tremendous conflict. I love my husband, and I need to save his life. But I love my father. After all, he has given me everything that I have. And so here is a woman at the center of such confusion. She has got to be torn between these two worlds. She had to decide whether she was going to be David's wife or Saul's daughter. I've got to make up my mind. 
Am I going to be the wife of David or am I going to be the, the daughter of Saul? We understand that in, to, in to, to some degree she would always remain both. But there comes a time in all of our life we have to decide who we're going to be. Amen. I had to make up my mind if I'm going to be Jackie's husband or if I'm just going to be Carl and Betty Jean's son. Amen. I want to be both, but I got to figure out how to bring some balance into this. And here was a woman because of the, the pressure that her father was putting on her. She was soon torn between these two worlds. And then it was easy to be a good wife when life was good. It was easy to be a good wife when everything was going well. Amen. But when her husband had to escape for his life, something had to give. She was invariably torn between two worlds. Saul was okay. He was completely at ease with her being David's wife as long as she's my daughter first. Amen. Now, some of you are mistaking my message for a marriage ceremony. We're not doing that. Our marriage, uh, re- whatever, lost the word. <laughs> counseling, marriage counseling, that's not what I'm talking about at all. But if you get some of that out of that, we won't charge you. Torn between two worlds. Saul was okay. He's okay with Michael being David's wife as long as she's my daughter first. My demands must be met first. And as long as Saul could lay claim to her, as long as he could manipulate, as long as he could insert her to, into this situation or that situation, as long as he felt like I control your destiny, amen, then he was okay with that. But hear me, as long as Saul could control her destiny, she would never be able to fully be David's wife. I'm going somewhere today. I promise you. I promise you in the Holy Ghost. And so here is the rub. With David, she would, she would be close to the one who loved God. But we have to understand she would be close to the man that loved God whose God had rejected her father. I mean, there's a lot going on under this one little roof. There's a lot going on. I love David, and in order for me to love David, the more I love David, I'm exposed to his God, but his God rejected my father. Amen. So in 1 Samuel 15 and 25, after she has allowed David to escape, 1 Samuel 25, 44, in the absence of David, she now finds herself little more than just another piece of property. And so she is given to another man. Saul had given Michael now to the son of Laish. And it would just be for a season of time. And we make our way now to 2 Samuel 3 and 14. We see another chapter that's unfolding in her life. After many years, after many years of being in another man's home, there was a knock at the door that was going to bring dramatic change in the life of Michael. David was now the king. Amen. And he was intent that I'm going to bring her, my wife, Michael, back to the palace. I'm going to bring her back into my world. Second Samuel 3.14, the Bible says that David sent messengers to, the, to Saul's son saying, Deliver me, my wife, Michael, which I espoused to me for a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. He had not forgotten the price that he paid for that young lady to be his. And he said, I want you to go get her. Now, I, I think this was an incredibly important time for Michael because before her is the opportunity to embrace the very life of a wife and embrace the love of a husband, the husband of her youth. I mean, not just another man she was placed with, but the Bible said in my text today that she loved him. 
that she loved David. And so here is a grand opportunity to be restored back to the house, the throne, to the kingdom where she rightly belonged and to be back at the side of a man that she truly loved. Amen. But while she is now called David's wife, deep within her, amen, was the contempt of her father. Somewhere in the blood, somewhere in the blood that sometimes is thicker than water and sometimes even thicker than the Holy Ghost, somewhere in that blood was the contempt of her father. I mean, it's pretty clear who David is. He's a songwriter. He's a lover of God. We don't really have to look very hard, search very long, study very long to find out who David is. He's a lover of God. David is a worshiper of God. Everything in David's world is about God. David's worshiping God now bringing the ark back into Jerusalem. But here his wife, a wife that should be right at his side, connected and plugged in to the beauty and the majesty of what's going on. But she is finding herself torn between two worlds. The Bible said in 2 Samuel 6 and 20, Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter, and, and, uh, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself to the day, today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants. As one of the vain fellows shamelessly, she said, uncovereth himself. And David said unto Michael, it was before, it was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vile than thus and, and will be base in my own sight. And of the maidservants what thou hast spoken uh, of them shall I, be had, shall I be had in honor. Therefore the Bible says that Michael the daughter of Saul had no child until the day of her death. Now without doubt I believe we can see and feel and understand the tensions that are in between these two worlds. And then she wants to love David in part of her heart and yet there is the contempt of her father that is still beating and flowing in her veins and she realizes here's David who has somewhat stripped himself and is worshiping the Lord and with disdain she looks out the window with embarrassment she looks out the window she missed the entire point of all that's going on here it was a social thing to her it was a sociable, social acceptable thing to her Amen. but David said this is not about you this is not about even your father. This is not even about the people that are here, but this is about God. Amen. This is about the God of my childhood. This is about the God that I prayed to when I was just merely tending sheep. You're missing this, lady. You're missing the entire point. This is not about you. This is not about him. This is not about them. This is about God. Torn. Torn. I spent some time here today talking about Two worlds of a lady named Michael. We have considered the struggle in her life between two formidable forces that were pulling her in opposite directions. Of course, these forces give seed to a battle that's really real. I'm not here today to try to minimize either side of this because this battle was truly real. If we now pull this passage out of this scripture and with the help of the Lord, in just the next few minutes, I want to insert this into the world that you and I live in today. 
because we face a very similar battle. There are those who today in this house that may feel like you're caught in this struggle of two worlds. That that you know without a doubt God is calling you into and pulling you into. Amen. On the other side of this, there is another world that is pulling and trying to take you back into your past. And sadly, can I tell you that some people in this building are fighting a battle as literal and as real as Michael was fighting because some in this house today may be fighting not just spiritual things, but it may be literal blood kin. Amen. God is trying to pull you into another dimension of your life and you may have blood kin that is holding on to you and trying to pull you back into their world. I'm going to tell you this morning in the Holy Ghost that it is decision time. Amen. It is decision time. We are torn between these two worlds. In order for me to step, Brother Stewart, into the will of God, there were certain things that I had to walk away from. Amen. But can I be more real with you today? Amen. Not only for me to be where I am today in God, I'm talking about spiritually where I am to be in God. I didn't just have to walk away from the devil. I didn't just have to walk away from a pack of cigarettes. I didn't just have to walk away from this or that. I had to walk away from people. There were some people that were close to me. There were people that were influential in my life. There are people that I frankly thought I can't live without their affirmation. I can't live without their stamp of approval. I can't live if they're not at my birthday party. I can't live if they're not at the Thanksgiving table. But I'm going to tell you, torn between two worlds, I had to step out and say, God, I yield myself to you today. Amen. And I'm going to have to let all of that other rest where it may. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. If you think this morning that we're in the business of trying to separate and tear down and divide families, you are grossly misunderstanding this preacher today. But we're torn between two worlds. A world that would pull us back into status quo. A world that would pull us back into this is good enough. You see these two worlds that battle for our attention. One world satisfies the flesh. The other world satisfies the spirit. And if you satisfy your flesh long enough, your spirit will suffer. You just go ahead and do whatever feels good. You just go ahead and if it crosses your mind, do it, say it, or participate in it. But I promise you, that spirit man is shriveling up. Amen. That spirit man is dying behind the scenes somewhere. We have to make up our mind what we're going to feed, what we're going to pay attention to, what we're going to be careful with. But if your spirit is nourished, hear me today. Amen. When your spirit is nursed, it doesn't just nourish the spirit. When your spirit is fed, it doesn't just feed your spirit but when you feed your spirit it nurses the flesh amen we're feeding our spirit here today but you know what you're going to be blessed in your mind you're going to be blessed in your heart you're going to leave here feeling better physically and mentally and spiritually and emotionally because we came to feed the spirit man amen David just laid it all out there on the line he said it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father I have him in the right priority place on the priority list. I, you have him in the wrong place on the priority list. It's not he that made me. It's not even these people who made me. But it is God 
and that's who I'm worshiping. Amen. She could identify with a life of sin and, and death or, or she could embrace this divine promise. The choice was clearly going to be up to her. And can I tell you today, the choice is clearly going to be up to you. It will be up, it will be up to me and we're all called to decide what world we're going to yield to. Amen. I, I had to decide again this morning in prayer. I had to decide again this morning in prayer, which world am I going to tune into today? Which world am I going to yield myself to today? And so, amen, in that familiar chair in our living room holding that familiar pillow to my chest, I said, God, I need your spirit to guide me today. I'm not saying this to sound super spiritual. I'm telling you this morning that no matter how long you live for God, we got to get up every day and decide which world I'm going to tune into today. I need your hand to guide me. I need your spirit to lead me. I need your anointing to be upon my life. I need your word to be hidden in my heart. I need your word, God, to be released in my spirit. Amen. I got a decision to make today torn between two worlds. I've got to decide. I have to decide. Amen. I'm going to ask our musicians to come and please don't let their movement distract you because I'm coming to my point here this morning. The Bible says in Galatians 6 and 14, God, Paul said rather, but God forbid that I should glory. Amen. God should be it forbid that I, God forbid that I should glory. Let me read it from this screen. God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Amen. There's another translation of this scripture that says this, not on the screen, but let me, let me hold that there so you can at least follow along and get it in context. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Paul says, because of that cross... Are you with me now? Because of that cross, my interest in the world has been crucified. Because of the cross. My interest in the world has been crucified. Because of the cross, what lies beyond that door is of no interest to me. I crucified that. I laid that on the line. My interest in this world, I, I understand that we need our finger on the pulse of certain things that are going on in the world and we don't need to be hermits and live uh, with our head in the cloud or live in some state of denial. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not worried about who's in the top 40 charts. I'm not worried about who's this or who's that or who's winning this Emmy or that award. Amen, I am, I'm not interested. My interest in that world was crucified. Amen, when I got baptized in his name and filled with his spirit. My interest in that world, it died a long time ago. Amen, my interest in this world. Michael had been through pain and anguish. She had clearly, clearly been used as a pawn by her own father. She was given to another man, not to satisfy her, but to spite David. While it's clear in Scripture that she loved David, she never fell in love with David's God or she would have never despised his worship. Perhaps this is the most important thing that I could bring from this passage today. And that was that is rather in 1 Samuel 6 and 23. The Bible says when I was reading that a moment ago, 1 Samuel 6 and 23, where she despised David's worship. I, I didn't tell you to do this, but if you, can you find that and pull that scripture back up there? First Samuel 6 and 23, when she despised David's worship, the most 
astonishing thing that I want us to take away from this today is that the scripture says that she had no children to the day of her death. The Bible doesn't say she was barren. It just says she had no children. I'm not trying to be too crude or plain here today, but I think David said, if you don't love my God, amen, then we're not having children. You're not going to have any fruit in your life. And so today, as long as you're torn between two worlds, until you decide, God's not going to let your life be fruitful. God's not going to bless our life and anoint us. As long as we're on the fence and we feel all churchy on church days and carnal and fleshly and worldly when we're not in the house of God. Am I making any sense at all? Amen. Amen. She had no children to the day of her death. She had no children. David said, I will not, I will not bless you. I will not allow anything to be born in this house. And can I tell you today that as long as we're torn between two worlds, that'll be the most miserable place you ever try to camp out. That'll be the most miserable place you ever try to live. And I realize the magnitude. I truly get the magnitude of what I've been talking about here today. It's easy just to talk about all this and another thing to live it out. But can I tell you what is our real desire? If our real desire is to be fruitful in the Lord, then we had better decide which world we're going to let go of and which world we're going to pull into our life. I have to make my mind up because I don't want to just, I don't want to just be in this thing. I don't want to just dress up and come to church, but I want my spiritual womb to be full. I want to be able to give birth to something that would leave a spiritual legacy for someone behind me today. I'm reaching for someone. The Lord is reaching for someone here today. To tell you that it is decision time. Amen. Let's stand across this house this morning. Praise God. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'm not sure the Bible is not clear. I, I just wondered. The closing, waning days and or hours of Michael's life if she didn't look back and realize I listened to the wrong voice I invested in the wrong world I, I, I believed it I, I, I bought into this and when she looks around and she watches all of her other friends with children and grandchildren and, and here she is in this lonely little house with nothing nothing no one and she realizes that, that David really loved her. And she really loved David. But she just couldn't get past daddy to become what God really wanted her to be. Amen. I'm not sure today exactly what may be going on in your heart and spirit right now. But I believe something is going on. Amen. I believe God is speaking something into our life. Amen. We have a decision to make. Amen. Which world will I release and which world will I embrace? I don't want to wake up one day and realize that I've just been manipulated right out of God's will. I've been manipulated right away from God's promises. I want to step into them as early as I possibly can. I think we ought to lift our hands. My God, I feel like we need to entertain the Lord's presence here this morning right now. 
Amen. Would you entertain the Lord's, the Lord's presence here right now? God, anoint us today and strengthen us today. Amen. I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful, God. I'm thankful for my friends and family, and I'm thankful for influences, Lord. But, oh, God, the moment that those influences take me away from the truth of your word, the day those influences and those voices take me away from what I know is true, the day those voices and the day those influences take me away from what you have revealed to me to be the truth, then God, that is the day that I am going to be accountable. That is the day that I am going to have to answer for that. Oh, let's entertain the Lord here this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, drive something deep in our heart here today. Drive something deep in our heart here today. Oh, help us, Lord. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost released in this place today. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost released in this place today. God is speaking to somebody's heart. It's going to be up to you what you do with this word. You can just shelve it. You can put it away. You can put your fingers in your ears spiritually and say, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. But hear me this morning. On judgment day, you're going to be accountable. You're going to be accountable for the fruit that did not come from your womb. You're going to be accountable for the fruit that did not come from your ministry. You're going to be accountable for the fruit that was not born because you found yourself torn And just could not make up your mind. A double-minded man, the Bible says, is unstable in all of his ways. That double-minded man, amen, you will will please no one, sir. You'll please no one, ma'am. In the end, you'll please nobody. In the end, you'll be the only one to really pay the price. Amen, not counting that seed, not counting that seed. Praise God. Praise God. I want our, if you just play something softly, I feel the Lord, amen, speaking here today. I'm going to meander here this morning just a little bit. I'm going to meddle here just a little bit. Praise God. I want to give you something to think about here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Listen to me real. Listen to me. You don't have to agree with what I'm about to say. I will not fall out with you over this. But I just want to give you something to think about. Because these these are things I think about. I believe that within everything God created that has life, He has given that the ability to replicate itself. Am I right? From cows to apples. In it is a seed to sustain it again and again and again. I worry. Do you ever wonder what pastors think about? Here's one thing pastors think about. I worry about moms and dads who say, you know what, I've had enough. 
And they walk away and they leave their children away. And in some cases, I just heard yesterday, a friend of mine was telling me about this, of a family who said, I've had enough. And they walked away years ago. And their oldest son today is the pastor of a denominal church. Now, I'm not being unkind, but here's, here's, how pastor, here's how your pastor thinks anyway. I won't charge everybody with this. I believe that seed to sustain this gospel was in their home. That's what I think. So I don't think this is about mom and dad deciding they're going to have wine with their meals. I don't think this is about mom and dad deciding they're going to start going to the dance hall and they're going to start doing this. Because when they walked away, they pulled a seed out. Because I believe that man ought to be preaching an apostolic message. I think that's where his destiny was. And mom and dad pulled that seed out and took it somewhere where some other hands influenced it. Some other hands began to mold that and shape that. I didn't mean to take this long this morning, but I feel God in what I'm talking about here today. When I tell you it's decision time and the the value being torn between two worlds, we need to get our eyes off the image of us in the mirror and realize there may be some people that are following us that God has their hand on. You're going to have to give an account, not just for you. I'm not just going to have a given account for me, but I'm going to have to give an account for what I did with the seed. What did you do with the seed? And where is that seed growing today? Amen. We need to walk away from this service. I don't mind if you go home feeling this gnawing in your shoulder and, and wading down in your spirit. Amen. We need to understand that, that we, have, we bear a responsibility. We bear a responsibility. Amen. I want to make sure that I choose the right world because when I choose the right world, I realize that our children are going to have to make their own decisions. I don't think they just get this by genetics. I know they got to make their own decisions, but our decisions are going to influence their decisions. Amen. And so I had to come to the knowledge of this truth myself. I had to see this for myself. I had to be baptized for myself. I had to receive the Holy Ghost myself. But I'm going to tell you, on a very regular basis, I say, Lord, thank you for my heritage. I'm thankful for a mom and dad. They didn't save me. Amen. I'm thankful for a mom and dad. They didn't feel me, but they sure gave me a wide path to make my way to the cross of Calvary. They made it a lot easier than some of my friends that I went to school with. They made it a lot easier than other people that I've met, that they had to crawl and find their way to Calvary. I'm so thankful. What I'm telling you today is your choice. If you will choose the right world you'll not only make it easier for you but you'll make sure that your children have a straighter shot to Calvary you'll make sure your children have a straighter shot to an altar of repentance and to a pool of baptism yes you will yes you will amen can we entertain the Lord one more time amen Lord thank you for your word in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. 
For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.